As always, this is Tony, and with me today are the following players. Hi, this is Bethany, and I'm playing Belinda Walsingham, the half-elf awakened mystic. Hi, this is Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Kanchu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'm playing Scribner Shannon Whitecliff, the human rogue fighter. Next time, we'll be Rumble Squad Episode 2-9. Join us now for Sharpen Quill Episode 16. He's the spirit of song, isn't he? Last time, the party arrived in Halimian and met Award, a researcher who was looking into the disappearances of the gods. After a brief misunderstanding with some guards, where Akiva was mistaken for a local criminal, Belinda and Scriv began their research in earnest, as Akiva decided to explore the city. So, Belinda, Scriv, you guys are going to be looking over various tomes and texts for the next few hours. I would go explore the opera house or something. Because uh, it seems like they're going to be here for a while. I think you were planning to go visit the House of Lights? Yes. Not to look for the Spirit of Song. No. No, 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 no. Uh, you were going to go see about uh, seeing Edwin? Yeah! Captain Gon's friend, who's the performer, get some advice? Daring my eyes at you. Sure! When can we expect you back? Well, when do you guys think you'll be done with your research, probably? Uh, let's plan to meet up for dinner. Uh, A-word, where's a good place to eat around here? Oh, um, food. Pretty good places. Uh, Lions, Ward, District. Where, where would we find you on an evening out with your friends? In here with my books. Ah, okay. Well, if you were going to go out for a celebration, where would you go? How much can you spend? Like a lot? Like a medium? Like a little? Let's go for a medium. Okay, so you want to go to Harmony. Okay. They got good food, and it's fairly... Uh, cheap. What's fairly cheap for here? Just out of curiosity. Two gold for the meal. Per person. Yeah. We wouldn't call that fairly cheap. Oh, well. What's a place that serves homey comfort food? Uh, that's probably the Honeyfront. Honeyfront. Okay. We'll go to the Honeyfront. All right. Let's say we meet you at the Honeyfront at dusk. How does that sound? Sure. That one. That one's cheaper and definitely more homey. Excellent. Cool. All right. So, Akiva. Uh, because you do have a map of the city, you do know where the Lake Village district is. Fortunately, it is just north of where you are. You do have to pass into the center wall, but it's no problem. The gates are open for you. The streets are busy. So you just have a lot of people milling about, kind of enjoying the day. It's just a very nice, peaceful, guard-filled day. They seem to be everywhere. In general, so into the Lake Village district, very, again, very pristine, everything's kept up. It's not as untouched as Ashmalin felt, where everything was a little too, like, perfect, that there was no scuff marks. There's still, it, it feels like a lived-in place. And kind of walking in, the very first thing you notice is a large, beautifully well-kept pond. Just saying that people are just... Sitting on some benches nearby, there's a few birds. At one point, you do notice in one of the trees, it's a little cat. <gasps> you just see it like softly just sleeping. Does it have wings? You look a little closer, and you see that 
it seems to have used its wings as little pillows. <gasps> Can I, like, not creepily creep up, but, like, without disturbing it, walk up? You walk up to it. You see a few looks from some regular people nearby and just let you go about your business. And then I'll kind of stick out my hand, just very, very un unthreateningly. Just kind of leave it there for a little bit. Roll animal handling. Yes. Twelve. It leans up, sniffs your fingers. I'm not moving it to move forward. Or I'm not doing anything. I'm just letting it do its thing. Yawns, puts his head back down, pulls away from you. Okay, that's fine. So you're, you've just entered into the district. Um, you do know that the House of Lights is just a few more streets down. Okay. Towards your right. Uh, so then I will just look back at the cat one day, and then I'll leave. Okay. So you press on, arrive at a two-story stone-walled theater. Very simple on the outside. Doors are currently just closed. You see a few people just kind of milling about outside. You notice no guards or anything like that around. Okay. So then, yeah, I guess I'll go inside. You're able to open the door. You, uh, initially, there's this little entrance hall with a stairway, one that descends down and one that goes up. There's a few benches down below, and you can see what looks like a floor. If you look up above, uh, you kind of catch a glimpse of like maybe some nicer seating. Walk up. You're up towards the second floor, which is open uh, after you pass through this initial hallway, and you see ahead of you a wooden theater set against the back wall. Uh, with several different uh, riggings, and it looks like they've got some makeshift stages set up. Uh, actually, on the platform itself, you do see a human man just stretching and doing simple like flips and stuff like that as he's just judging the space. Okay, I'll kind of just clap after he's done doing a couple things. Kind of pauses, turns around, <laughs> does a big bow towards you. Thank you, thank you. It's greatly appreciated to have admirers. Very impressive. Please, feel free to come downstairs. The show's not going to be on for several hours now, but you see he kind of does a quick little hop down. Short black hair, sharp like brown eyes, wearing uh, right now kind of a, a, a loose-fitting, simple shirt and pants. And you intend to see the show tonight? Well, I, I'm actually a fellow performer. If, if possible, yes, I would love to see the show later tonight if, if, if my associates and I have time. But uh, I, since I do a little bit of performance myself, I kind of wanted to see the stage, see what it's like to be on an actual stage and kind of just, you know, take take it in. Oh, he kind of holds a hand up to his chin. What sort of performances do you do? I do a bit of dancing as well as illusion magic in my show. He um, snaps his fingers, points at you. Akiva. Yes. Sorry, sorry. Farun mentioned you that you might be stopping by. He came by earlier and, and talked to me. Adrian. Pleasure. Yeah, uh, I wasn't sure if we were going to run into you here, but hey, it's a pleasure to just meet you. Well, I have a show tonight. I have to practice. Just getting a feel for the stage and everything, you know. Of course. With all the various acrobatics I perform, if you do your own dancing, you need to make sure to test the stage before you actually perform. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I, I mean, all my stages are hand-built, so I have the most amount of practice as possible with those. But I did recently just get employed, so I have to go through all those motions myself eventually for the next time I make a performance. Well, and he kind of like hops up back and sits on the edge of the theater stage and then swings his legs over and holds a hand out. Hop on up. Get a feel for it. Thank you. Everybody has their own skill sets. I try to entertain. I have my friend Farun just taking people on adventures across the sky. 
Uh, Faerun's delightful to be around, actually. Uh, he is a character, to say the least. Yes, but honestly, I found the people that are could be described as characters are generally the more enjoyable to be around. You're in the right business, then, that's for sure. Yeah, it's never a dull moment, at least. So, standing up on the stage, you see a few of the, like, uh, a scene of what looks like forests that's built into the back. Uh, you see another one that looks like a dungeon wall. They're kind of, like, placed up against a far back wall of the stage. And he'll just, well, a uh, stage like this, I mean, Solana really knows how to take care of its entertainers. But... They have really neat little effects that they do on them, actually create sound for some. Some of them move on their own. You just need, you know, the right stagehands to help you out and help the performances. Illusionists are fantastic with it here. Yeah, I because I, I've, I've been having to do a lot of the, the sound effects and the effects myself, considering it's been a bit of a one-man show since I'm just getting started. So I understand that having somebody that can actually do that on the side so you can focus on the art bits would be very helpful. Oh my gosh. And a uh, programmed illusion. If you, you use your own spells and effects, that's the way to go. I just, you set it up and it does it for you. Really? You just activate it and it goes. That way you can focus on everything you need to. Huh. It's a beautiful thing. Try and figure out how to do that one. If you can do that, uh, you'll be set for life, my friend. Set, and he claps you on the shoulder, set for life. Thank you for the tip. Very, thank you very much, actually. Yeah, that's very helpful. Oh, it's great for someone like me. I tend to uh, utilize various acrobatics and a few little, you know, gravity-defying stunts <laughs> when I can. But having all the these music and effects behind me to highlight the performance, uh, that's the way to go. While I would love to see a little taste of the show, I actually think I would want to see, because uh, you're an artist too, you, you always want people to see the finished product before, uh, not not the, the bits and pieces before it's all done. So I'd love to see it tonight as like my first impression. Please stop on by, stop on by. I collect donations at every point during the performance. Please feel free if you are so inclined, of course. Of course. Fellow artist has to stick together, right? Eh, we help each other out. Yeah. Right? Yes. How long have you been in the city? We just arrived here today, actually. Oh, so you haven't heard of... Uh, I can't pronounce the elven words really well. That that spirit of song. We actually did. We were warned by the person that greeted us at the gate. So it must be a really big uh, deal going around right now. Well, he, you know, strikes every so often. It's completely random. But it has drawn a lot more people to the theater, because they're always wondering, will tonight be the nights? Will we get to see him again? He tends to put on his own show. Big, flashy performances, some illusion, some maybe a little dangerous for most of their liking, but exciting nonetheless. Maybe a few well-placed firebolts here and there that just happen to ignite a small spark or something. No one gets hurt in the process, it seems, but... Huh. I haven't heard him appearing anywhere else, so they've searched the theater top to bottom with no sign of him. That's why they think he is a spirit of the theater. <laughs> he leaves no trace. None whatsoever. He appears, he does a dazzling display of illusions and practical magic, it seems, and then he's gone. Wow. Well, maybe we'll be able to see him tonight. You never know. That's the beauty of it. 
so exciting, so unpredictable, especially in, well, you've been here today, so I'm sure you've caught a glimpse of the Salonin's very rigid sensibilities. A lot of my uh, acts deal with a bit of the, the darker side, right? So, the clothing, and it's what I usually wear. So you wear his style, it seems. A guard approached me, and I was not in a good mood at the time, and I had yelled at her, and I almost got arrested. Never a good idea, my friend. Never. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, please, oh, uh, please, come, come backstage. I have, uh, it's, it's, must be lunchtime at this point. Have you eaten? Uh, no, actually. Well, come, come, come. I have some food backstage. We can, uh, tell me everything about this. Thank you, yeah. I will go with him. He proceeds towards the back of the stage and exits stage right as you enter into a small hallway that seems to have several different changing rooms and stuff like that and a large area in the back that seems to be just a general staging area. Um, he heads towards the stage where you see a small table where it looks like he's got some simple food back there, some bread, some cheeses, and he just please? Now, tell me all about your performance. I'd love to hear about it. Oh, well it, uh, it actually started with I was in a small uh, town of uh, halflings called Brittle Hollow, and then then I'll go into like the history of like, oh yeah, they they taught me about their dances, and then like as I traveled with Valen, I picked up more and more dances, and then it kind of evolved into a show. At first, as a way to make money, but then I I found I've had a knack for performing. Blah 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 blah. He's just nodding emphatically. And then I guess uh, as the conversation just kind of flows, we can probably uh, eventually I know it'll flow back to the spirit of of song again. So I'll, I'll just kind of be like, so what is what is your theory about the identity of the Spirit of Song? Oh, the identity? I have no such clue. I think he's someone that wants to promote the theater. He's creating the spectacle to help it. Yeah, because he doesn't, he doesn't hurt anybody or steal anything, does he? Well, I mean, he doesn't hurt anybody. It seems like he's just causing a spectacle. And so what if a few items get damaged in the process? Well, yes. Yeah, it was more so trying to understand the, the method to the performance. The spectacle. The chaotic nature of it. Oh, so exciting. You Have you ever witnessed him per- firsthand? I myself have not. He did not interrupt any of my performances yet. Seems he's interrupted many other uh, actors and s- singers and such here. Other such performers, but uh, I have not had the pleasure of having him interrupt mine. Well, maybe tonight is the night. Hey, you never know. I would love to see what he has planned next. Something exciting. As a fellow performer, I was wondering if you had any tips for getting started, because I, obviously, I'm just starting out, so I have not as much experience as you uh, in terms of the dealings. Well, uh, the main thing probably is to have someone who has your back, your best interests at heart. If you can't make, you know, strong connections, most people with performers will try to use you. I know that doesn't sound good, it's all very messy, but a lot of people will, you know, you entertain, people enjoy your performances, they will give you coin, and if you make certain deals with certain people, they will have most of that coin for themselves. So just watch out for something like that. You want to make sure you have someone that has your back. I think I have some pretty good friends that can keep an eye out for that. I'm not the best with money. (laughs) Oh, well, get someone to help you out. It, It makes all the difference. Someone you trust... You've been an absolute pleasure to talk to and just been so welcoming. I, honestly, it was not what I expected. Oh, I mean, you, you gotta help each other out. Uh, 
I'll be completely honest. I asked what you did to make sure you weren't stealing my show. No. Things are very competitive here. Really? All about perfection. And it's really hard for a human to get that sort of thing. I honestly believe in helping one another, as since we are shared people in our craft. But no, I couldn't even imagine stealing someone else's creation and pondering it off as your own. All the time. All the time. It's it's a shame, really. But those of us who have friends in high places have ways of, you know, getting by. But thank you again. I hope to be able to see your show tonight. Please come back. You never know. You might see the fair, the spirit of song. So as you're leaving theater, he just waves you off. And then he seems to be going back to practicing for his performance. So Belinda, you're... Uh, you were trying to research on various things as and theories as to how the gods could be harmed or potentially killed um, based off of what uh, Award had in his collection. Uh, a couple of points of interest that you found while researching. You know that there are theories that exist that the gods a long time ago split themselves and split their powers in order to create a sense of balance amongst themselves so no one god was too powerful especially with what happened with archon however this brought forth other theories of well the gods can split their powers like and they're very changeable but what happened can that energy be destroyed in any way or is it just changed or absorbed or reused in some way there's uh the theory that you read is basically that gods actually can't fully die but just be changed or their powers like taken from them by another god do these sources seem relatively credible? This isn't like crazy ramblings of random guy number two or something like that. The books you're reading are from uh, legitimate sources. They're from academic sources. So they'll comment like, yes, we also heard that the gods decided that they would all blow themselves up and then reform themselves, but there was no proof of that ever happening. Gotcha. The main reason this theory exists is if the gods had the ability to destroy another god, why does Archon exist? Right. Why not just get rid of him altogether? Other points of interest, the clerics have the ability to channel the power of the deity through spells that they cast, and sometimes deities even uh, extend their powers should the cleric be strong enough to channel their prayers. Is it possible, for example, to weaken a deity if enough clerics pull enough energy from a single source? Hmm, okay, interesting. Would that strain the deity and make them more mortal, <laughs> more vulnerable? There's another uh, theory that at one point, Daryl Mavis and his Staff Federation members were uh, helping to deal with the Whispered Ones, and there's a belief that some of these experiments could be related to some seemingly forgotten period of time uh, that is currently being termed as an Age, <laughs> age of, of Silence. Age of Silence, yeah, yeah. Award did know about the Zemiar Dynasty, so he did know this existed, so you do find a few books on that as well. There's a list of, like, theorized experiments that could have been done by the Zumyar dynasty um, since it is believed that perhaps the Zumyar were trying to look for threats from all sources. Uh, one of which is, can enough power be siphoned from the gods to make them mortal? Hence the essence collector. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that you can simply study the arcane enough to put yourself on par with a god? <clears throat> <laughs> What a nerd question. Can I think hard enough to be a god? If I read so well and so much. 
is it possible that it requires both arcane and divine magic to contend with gods? Too hard. Too many ability modifiers that you need to max out to be able to do that. <laughs> Only your Thovid Arbor Shades would do such a thing. Are there powers that the gods themselves don't understand? Are the gods the first things? Were there anything before them? Yes. We know that, like, definitively, like, yes. The books you're reading, though, does not expand upon that. Okay. There is a brief comment on, could the last emperor of the Zemyar dynasty found a power that no one has heard of, beyond arcane or divine? Signs point to yes. <laughs> there is some evidence of, but no other records, in this so-called Age of Silence, uh, must have been wiped out in some way by the gods, but the theory continues that the gods aren't all cruel and would wipe them everybody out. Not everybody in this massive dynasty could be completely eliminated. Not every god would be okay with that. So there is a belief that it's perhaps some of the citizens, the common folk of this dynasty, could have descendants in the world today. Right. <laughs> They walk among us. <laughs> well, some people theorize the Whispered Ones may be descendants of some of the Zemyar, but they have no idea of their heritage. They're all drawn to a united purpose through a calling beyond themselves. Yeah, Zemyar power? Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. And then the last uh, last note that, you would, that Belinda might find of interest is uh, there is a researcher who believes that she found some of the cities of the Zemyar. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Has been specifically focusing on the Age of Silence. The name is Jostina. J O S T I N A. Her theory is that perhaps this final Zamyar Emperor had a power similar to that of a Saria of Orenthal, and perhaps he was a mystic. Great. <laughs> Jostina has no evidence on this, however. Her last reported known location was outside of Hawksburg. Some people believe that she was either headed toward the Thessum Kingdom or perhaps the Wildlands as she was headed northward, and no one has seen her since. Put her on the list, or we're gonna find her. She's on the list. <laughs> Scriff. Yes. Your focus was on trying to understand the magic of the amulet. How does it work? Like, what? what is its purpose? You know that there is necromancy written on the amulet. You're able to compare several of the runes on the amulet uh, your drawing of the amulet specifically, because you did not want Award to know that you had a physical version. Yes. Uh, but you compare it to other sources of magic, and you're able to find necromancy that seems to imply a spell that's come to be known as Soul Cage. Um, this allows people to pull a soul in and temporarily trap a person's soul in a small cage and utilize that soul's power. However, Soul Cage is temporary, and you see modifications to the various runes on this, implying something more. Something that you hadn't noticed before, but now studying the various runes and all that, there's also some abjuration magic okay. hidden amongst the, ne uh, the necromancy. Now, the abjuration gives an uh, implication similar to an imprisonment spell, which does normally puts a person in a unconscious, semi-living state until dispelled. With the two of these together you can kind of ascertain that this pulls a soul and traps it within it and utilizes the power of that soul for some purpose. The inclusion of their abjuration and the protection magics of it 
seem to imply not only that it's keeping this soul uh, healthy and alive and contained, doesn't destroy it the same way that like a lich's flackery would automatically do, but it also protects whoever is wearing it in some way. It's a little unclear because there, as you're kind of studying the various runes, there's an implication that whatever crystal's supposed to fit in there has runes to finish the amulet, to finish whatever spells and whatever effects are supposed to get. So just because we find a piece of jewelry that fits inside of the slot doesn't necessarily mean that it activates. The gem itself needs to be. Yes, it would need the necessary runes carved within the crystal in order to channel this effect, which you kind of ascertain like the crystal is important in some way because uh, the Whispered Ones had been attempting similar experiments to what this clearly does. Yeah, we knew they were a power source, but we didn't know. Is there a way for us to also, because we have that cracked crystal, is there a way we could also extrapolate runes that are on there too and try to piece together what you it did? could, that would take a good deal of time if you want to devote some time to like basically putting the crystal back together. Yeah, I would probably spend my, spend my nights doing that. Um, I will say, there is certain implication that the amulet absorbs energy and redirects it, or can redirect it, implying that, like, yes, the soul, it pulls in souls, but it can also redirect that powerful energy to whoever is wielding it. It's like a, like a soul drain. The way the runes work also, it reminds you of certain spells that have, for example, suggestion can, impl- can mess with a person's mind. But there's also mass suggestion, which is an enhancement in order to include more. The way you're studying these runes show that it doesn't hold one soul. And it's unclear how many it can hold. But there are certain runes that don't... Your understanding of magic only goes so far, and because it's incomplete, this can hold tens, perhaps hundreds of souls in it. And then redirect that energy for some purpose. For its wielder for an unknown purpose. Because it seems the, the main point that you're missing on that is whatever runes go on the crystal that could help complete the idea of what does it do. Yeah. And I would probably spend countless nights trying to piece together this gemstone since we actually have a work desk now where I could sit down and try and piece things together. So that is what you're able to learn from your various research. He would have given you your books back, uh, but said like he's going to review his notes and cross-reference with other books that he has to see if he can give you any more information and if you can come back in the morning. So you guys would be headed to the Honeyfront? Yep. It, it, it's shaped like a large honeycomb. Huh. It's the tourist How restaurant. ostentatious. Yep. I'm going to be standing outside just kind of gaping at it for a little bit before they arrive. Do they have the menu posted outside the door? Yep. For supper today, it is a mixed grill of various vegetables as well as some spinach some beans flatbread and a custard this seems like a themed restaurant where everything has honey in it does everything have honey in it maybe some honey marinade you know a little bit of glaze honey on everything did we just get routed to the rainforest cafe (laughs) essentially it's a vegetarian honey themed restaurant yes very niche yes okay no we're going elsewhere. Why no? There's nothing wrong with it. It's it's the tourist restaurant. See, the problem is Adam is like, we're, we're going to the Rainforest Cafe. Akiva's like, we're going to the Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> ah, look at all the honey themed stuff. Look how cute it is. Look at their little bee art. <laughs> you're, you're now going to have to pry him away. So we arrive. We see the honey restaurant. Akiva is outside. 
Guys, 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 guys. I'm pretty excited. Occasionally you see what looks like little bees like buzzing around, but they don't actually seem to interact with anything. Illusory bees. Yes. Wow. This place really does have it all. Scrib, you should love this. You love a tourist town. Guys, please, 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 please. Yeah, okay. Seems interesting, at least. It's a lot. Guys, guys, there's bees. We go in and, uh, you know, maybe we'll feel more at home here. We did ask for something homey and maybe this is a less popular restaurant with people that live here. And he thought that would be more comfortable for us. Is the inside just as bee themed? Yes, 100%. They're not dressed as bees, are they? It's not like one of those ones where the people who serve you dress up in costume. Or is it? Oh, no. People float over to your table. <laughs> in illusory bee-esque attire. Okay. This is going to be quite the experience. Yeah, I mean, the food's good. Simple. Homey. Most of it's pretty sweet. Yes. They do seem to put honey in everything. Yeah. Akiva's going to have a sugar crash. Oh, boy. And then... How nice of a place do you want to stay for the Not too nice. It probably costs like a hundred gold a night or something. If this if the, this is the homey like tourist dinner and it costs us a gold each. The cheapest place is the Topaz Flail, which is one gold per person. Or you can double up on a room for uh, one gold, five silver. I was going to mention to the party over dinner. I was interested in maybe seeing the show at the, the, the Light Palace. Palace of Lights theater place. The Light, the light Palace is the, the opera. House of Lights. <laughs> House of Lights. Yeah, uh, I suppose we have time. Is it expensive? I didn't ask. <laughs> Wait, how long were you there? A while. That's okay. I did meet Edwin, though. Very nice. Oh. Uh, actually gave me a tip on something I might want to look up for my illusions to help out with my show. We can talk more about it in the morning. I think we're both a little tired that's a lot yeah that's a lot of history to pour through i mean hey you can relax the show i'm I'm hearing it's at least from edwin of course uh that it'll be good i've been hearing from the performer that it's very good (laughs) i would hope so i would hope he thinks the show is good so he seems at the very least very skilled you walked in on him yeah it was an open theater he wasn't offended well yeah I i guess we'll be good to go we have seen horrible entertainment so if it's even passable that would be wonderful yeah, I was I was hoping to maybe actually see something that isn't the Giddy Jogger Troll. Yeah, we've actually only taken you to shows ironically, which is probably a bit difficult considering you're a performer. So the only metric I really have to compare against is Canathar's performances, and they're very good, but it's one performance. And not your style. Yes. It sounds like uh, he would use some illusion magic. Yeah, illusion and acrobatics. Okay. It's got to be a lively act then. And uh, did you catch any hints of the mysterious spirit of song? What? No. Why do you say it like that? Was that disappointment or? He, he, he shared with us some rumors. Just more talk of the town about him. Oh, okay. So you didn't like meet him or something? No. Well, must just be a performer then. It's possible. Yeah. Yes, he's definitely just a performer. The mysterious criminal who poof vanishes after committing. No, crime. I was talking about Edwin. Oh, Sure. I mean, I don't know any reason to think otherwise. I don't know. I guess... Is it weird that, that my standards have just been... Have been raised after dealing with the Sky Sailors? We we have been operating at a 10 lately, so I, I get the reasoning. Yeah. I guess it's just nice to hear about someone that's exactly what they appear to be. That's refreshing for a change. I mean, for all intents and purposes, as far as I can tell, yeah. He's not the spirit of song, right? I don't think so. I didn't pick that up from him. 
Okay. And you know, with my 300 years of experience, I've gotten really good at reading people. It's not like he happens to have been in the same places at the same time. Like, he's a local, right? Yes. Well, no. No? Hey, he's human, so I wouldn't imagine he is a local. I, I didn't go into his life story, unfortunately. I'm no longer relieved. <laughs> <laughs> he did have a respect for the, the Spirit of Song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's the Spirit of Song, isn't he? He's performing at the theater where the Spirit of Song is often seen. Yes. Interesting. It's probably a coincidence. Probably a coincidence. And he doesn't perform there all the time. It's just at intervals, right? Yes, correct. Intervals that are interspersed with performances by the Spirit of Song. Yes. And they're not both seen there at the same time. No. Okay, then. Uh, That's okay. Uncovering the identity of the Spirit of Song is not something we're being paid to do. So if it comes up, it comes up. Which knowing our luck, it will. (laughs) Well, apparently we're going to the theater to see the show. Do we know when the last time he struck was? It's been a while, right? It's been a bit. Okay. Perhaps he's providing a distraction for other things that might be happening that we don't know about because it sounds very distracting and dramatic for no reason except art. (laughs) He's bringing people to the theater. No, I knew someone that did art to attract attention and this is not that. (laughs) Oh no. And that also turned out horribly. (laughs) Wait, yes. this you mean- People can use performances as a distraction <gasps> for things? I would Who never would do ever that. do that? <laughs> that would be a terrible thing. Man, you that would take me by that. surprise. You should oh never do that. <laughs> I say we go to the theater and see something hopefully more compelling than the giddy jogger troll. At the very least, it'll help you relax, maybe. Sure. Why not? Sure. You know, I could use for a change of pace. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules As Written or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to the DM at dm at dndraw.com. Also, subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. And remember, always make good decisions. If you enjoy the adventures of our characters in Ostia and our show about the rules for 5th edition, support us on Patreon. For just $1 a month, you will get exclusive content and updates. If you're interested in a look behind the curtain of how we keep track of all of our quests, we are going to be releasing our players' to-do list document for each session to all patrons going forward. This includes our plans for which characters need to have a heart-to-heart, what letters are they writing to family at home, and which NPCs can't be trusted. Beyond that, higher tiers get DMs notes, bloopers from our episodes, and to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. So we want to give a special shout out to our Adventure Tier and Above patrons. So thank you Waldron, Carol Morris, William McCracken, Ryan Rea Vermette, Mike C, Naked and Afraid, Feral Joe, Jeremy Kleinons, and a Linux fan. We are especially grateful to our producer tier patrons who listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. We want to give a special thanks to Christopher Reinhardt for serving as a producer on this episode. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw.